Welcome back to This Week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. We're delighted to have Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling back with us once again. Uh, Keith, good to talk to you. We have a lot to cover in this week's show, and because we're nearing the postseason, the regular season stakes continue to get higher and higher for all of our programs we're going to discuss here today. Uh, first, let's start off with the big one in girls basketball and the showdown that we've kind of had circled on the calendar, looking a little bit ahead, at least we are anyway. We've looked at it for the last few months. We finally have it this coming Wednesday when Loveland comes to town. They're leading the ECC at 11-2. and two. You're right behind at 10-2. and two. And with this being you know the final week of the regular season, Winterless game is in the driver's seat for the ECC title. Now, still a little bit of work left to be done there, but nevertheless, win this game, you've got a good shot at winning the title here. Second game against Loveland this season, of course, the first one was about a month ago, and it was a slug fight to say the least. Or And in that game, you know, Loveland wins the game by four, despite the fact they you held them to 25% shooting, but Lebanon also turned the ball over 26 times. So, I have to imagine uh, going into this game tonight that ball security as of late has been emphasized even more leading into this one so that you don't have another night like that. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I think it's a great position to be in, obviously, uh, coming into the league and, um, you know, navigating through the schedule to uh, have this opportunity this late, especially not even knowing if you're going to have a season. So um, certainly exciting times around here, uh, being able to have that game and obviously have it at home. But uh, losing to uh, to Loveland earlier in the year, you know, kind of knew we, we were going to need some help and get on a hot streak and, um, you know, did lose another one and got some help there from from Little Miami who, who knocked off Loveland to give us this opportunity um, to where, uh, you know, this can kind of be decided on the court. So just excited for the girls and talking to coach this morning. Um, it's an exciting time for the program and, and to have this opportunity that they then have uh, – uh, one more league game on Thursday would would host Winton Wood. So, um, you know, this is what you play for, this opportunity. So really exciting. Are they able really to draw much from that first game against Loveland? Because like I said, it's kind of an outlier. I mean, you can't expect your team to turn it over 26 times in a game, but you also really can't expect a good team like Loveland to shoot 25% from the field again. Is there much they're able to take from that one into this one on Wednesday? Well, I think you just want to be playing your best basketball at the end of the year. Um, so I think, you know, from a player's perspective with that, that, that they're in that room working together every day, that they know they're playing better right now, but they're also going to expect uh, Loveland to be playing better right now. So uh, it could be a completely different type of game. I think there's also, um, you know, it's not like we were, we were ran out of the gym that day and, and we no. take a big underdog mentality and we, you know, it's us against the world. We can't do it. I think they know we had a lead late in that game and, um, they belong in, on that court and have been waiting for this opportunity to uh, to go back and see, show if and, and see if they can win that one. So yeah, well, it, just exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, and, and and it may also not be the last time you see Loveland this season, and that's because the postseason draw was unveiled since we last spoke. Uh, your team is a number six seed in the, in the sectional right now. Uh, you're going to take on the winner of Western Brown and Ursuline in the first round, but. The sectional final, we can't help but look at the bracket when it was announced and saw that there is a potential third meeting with Loveland waiting in the sectional final. Uh, when the draw was announced and the bracket unveiled, what was the reaction not only from you uh, but from the coaching staff? I think everyone always loves their draw. Um, you know, they're going to typically 
talk good about where they're at and you got to kind of got to see, you know, where, where the chips fall and, and who's playing good basketball with all the COVID stuff too, is, um, you know, those variables. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is coach wants to figure out how we deal with a potential nine or 10 day layoff from uh, this Saturday's our final regular season game. And then wait until the 17th to play. Um, typically teams do try to play that first and not take a buy, but I think with the whole exposure uh, potential and all of that, um, you know, maybe the approach was to for more teams this year to try to to get that by. Um, so dealing with that layoff is something I think, um, you know, teams are going to have to figure out what to do with this year. But uh, I think they'll, they're, they're focused on Loveland right now, and then they'll turn the page to the postseason when that time comes. Well, they've got a shot to win the league title in, a, in their first year in the ECC, as do the boys. Uh, the boys now in, in a tie for first at 9-1 and one in the league with Walnut Hills after Walnut beat previously unbeaten Turpin. So Turpin's still only with one loss. They're just got a couple of games to make up there. They're 7-1 in the league. And, of course, your team earned a really gritty win over a good Anderson team. You know, it helps when you make 12 threes in a game. That can really spur you. But it was a really tough one. Your team really had to uh, to gut it out there. The team was this week coming up, originally scheduled to take on West Claremont uh, this coming Friday. That game has, has uh, since been uh, postponed. And so you've got some time off now until this next Monday uh, when you get Milford before the big one next Tuesday against Walnut Hills. We'll talk about the Walnut Hills game uh, when we reconvene next week. But you just talked about the, the girls team and the worry there about having a layoff between the end of the regular season and the start of the, uh, the sectional here. Uh, how is that being talked about with the boys now that they have some time off here until their next game? They don't have a game on Friday now? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, some good and some bad. You want to be you want to be on the court and things. But on the same um, side, uh, Blake Lamb was out with an injury um, to his to his ankle, so it's given him time to kind of recover. I think it's interesting. It's it kind of reminds me of that uh, that end of the year conference tournament that you see in college basketball when you go play. You know, four straight days in the Garden or something. Um, next week's a grinder, but. Um, you know, you talk about staying motivated and, and hungry. They, they have an opportunity to still win the league. So that is just, uh, it's just awesome. You know, Monday, Milford, uh, Tuesday at Walnut, then Friday, Loveland, and Saturday, potentially at Turpin could be, uh, could be for all the marbles uh, if we're able to take care of business earlier in the week. So just a huge week coming up for them, um, back to back, a couple of days off, and then back to back again. So, they're just figuring out, you know, how, how, how to, uh, how to navigate this. And it's not your typical schedule, but heck you you have that sitting in front of you an opportunity at a, at a league championship. They're going to do with it what they can. How much also is being talked about with focus with this team. You, you look at the way the standings are and the fact that you're playing Milford and Walnut in back-to-back days, it could be very easy to sort of look past Milford because they're well behind you in the standings and they're below 500 on the year and looking ahead to Walnut. How much is the coaching staff stressing that we can't look past Milford here? We have to take care of business in this one before we even think about battling with Walnut for a yeah. potential league title. Yeah, that's obviously being talked about. And we actually look to move uh, move one of these games up into this week since we lost games. Um, but unfortunately, with everyone having – had been quarantined at one time or another throughout the year, everyone's schedules backloaded. So those other teams are in the same boat. Um, I think Walnut also plays on Monday, um, you know, that day before they, they get us. We tried with looking into moving a game to Friday or Saturday. Um, Milford and Loveland both have back-to-back uh, 
games this weekend. So there wasn't that opportunity either. So just, uh, I think everyone's in a similar boat, just getting creative and figuring out ways to, uh, you know, stay motivated and, and uh, stay consistent. Let's move on to the wrestling mats. And uh, we talked before about the girls' basketball team learning their postseason draw. The wrestling team has learned uh, their draw as well. The number four overall seed uh, in the area. They're going to be the number two seed in the Lebanon portion of the sectional. So you're actually going to wrestle at home uh, to start the postseason. That's not going to happen for for a few weeks now, not until really the end of the month. But you you look at the way things draw out. Mason's going to be the top seed coming to Lebanon, of course. And then both teams were in action in a quad over the weekend. Mason got the better of your team, winning it, winning it 41 to a 29 there. So you get some familiarity with them. The result isn't, isn't what you would like it to be. How much of a difference will it be less than a month from now to potentially see Mason again, but on your home mats? Yeah, that could be helpful. Um, I was actually at the seed meeting and, um, or the, uh, the draw, um, you know, you can't, you can't avoid everybody. Everyone kind of does it strategically. You're going to run into some good wrestling wrestlers, uh, no matter where you are. And, um, you know, Mason, yeah, there's some familiarity there, but, um, I think it's a great opportunity to get our kids through. Um, and I know our, that was in our, 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 our coach's, uh, interest, uh, when going through that is what's in the best interest of our kids to get them, um, to reach their goals individually, uh, as well as the team, but multiple teams can, uh, can move forward. So, um, you know, I think sectionals is sectionals. You, you just uh, you want to be wrestling your best, be at the proper weight. And, um, you know, they're hitting that stride in their season. They just had a, a tough one Saturday where you mentioned the Mason matchup, but they're uh, they're getting ready. They're facing some top notch competition on purpose. Um, there's some kids that may be out that are coming back, you know, and all that fluidity with COVID. But, man, they uh, they shut the doors in that room and they just keep working. So, um, you know, a lot of this stuff that we talk about isn't uh, on their, their front burner. They're just trying to, to grind through and, and get ready for those postseason runs. As you know, man, those wrestlers just want to get, uh, get to state and, and uh, you know, do better than they did last year. Um, and so they'll stay on that track and coach will have them ready to go. Yeah. We talk about it as we record this, there's 25 days between our conversation now and when the sectional start, are, are, are there being, are calls being made at this point? Are there discussions being had to maybe pick up a mat, pick up a meet here and there, see if you can get a try match together with a couple teams just to get your guys on the mats. So they're not going into the sectionals on a layoff and potentially cold. Yeah. And our schedule is pretty booked up. As I mentioned, we have, we still have uh elder, uh, Les, um, or I'm sorry, Moeller. Yeah. Uh, Moeller LaSalle uh, this Thursday, we're hosting uh, Lakota East. So, um, we're at about our limit in terms of, of matches that we can hold. And that's obviously on purpose. So, uh, they're pretty booked up. We still have the ECC, uh, tournament to go. So, uh, they'll keep, they'll keep on wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on and switch gears. Let's talk about, uh, let's jump, let's jump into the pool and, uh, postseason is now here. Uh, we, we, we recapped the ECC championships, uh, last week, some solid performances there from both the boys and the girls. Now we move into the postseason one step further. We're into the sectionals. It's going to be this weekend uh, out at Princeton there. Uh, take us through what's been going on with the training. Have we seen the tapering happen? And uh, wh- what are the expectations for the team? Are they, Do they look like they've got a shot as teams to get through beyond the sectionals? Or are we more focused on individuals right now? Um, I think, you know, I, I – I, I want to credit the program. I just think they're doing a great job of, of uh, improving the way they train, improving scores, um, trying to emulate some of the top programs. 
So that part of that, the growth and maturation of, of our program, I think is at a, as a great, great spot uh, in terms of individual and team success, you know, um, coming off the ECC, you kind of fall in line with, you know, our boys were more towards seventh place, our girls uh, around fourth, we had some great um, individual performances. So I think there's just more of that, you know, you just want to be performing your best and, and, and see where things fall. So that whole growth mindset of just continuing to uh, improve performance, um, the results will start coming. So we'll see how we things shake out here, um, both individually and as a team, but just continuing to build and staying on that trajectory as a program, I think is, is uh, great for our coaches, great for our kids. And, you know, the, the kids that have only been in the program one or two years are now following in those footsteps and, and we just continue to build. So I think, I think that's the goal, you know, um, obviously we want tremendous success for the program, but um, I think that that whole thing's starting to come together really nicely for them. Oh, and like the old adage goes, Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you, know, you, you as you said, you got to start somewhere building blocks and they'll look to continue to build on to what they've already done mm-hmm. uh, this weekend in the sectionals out at Princeton High School. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about your uh, academic team here. And we kind of talked, touched a little bit last week, how it's been win two matches, drop two matches, win two matches, drop. And, and they're kind of still in that pattern. You know, they took on Little Miami this past week, and you know better than anybody else uh, how good Little Miami's academic program is, and it continues to be, you know, the standard bearer in the area. So Little Miami, you know, wins the two matches against your team pretty handily. Um, That just goes to show how good they are. So, uh, you know, with that, we're still alternating there. You get Kings this upcoming week here. Kings right near you in the standings, so good chance to uh, get back to 500 on the season. Is there any sense of kind of frustration uh, building in at this point that they've not been able to put consecutive wins together over consecutive weeks? No, I think they're they're glad. Uh, I think it's the one sport in the ECC that hasn't had a cancellation. I mean, I don't know how they're avoiding uh, quarantines, but uh, <laughs> these guys are cooking with gas, and they're. Uh, I see they have four matches left, but. Um, you know, pretty cool deal. They're getting all their stuff in and um, I mean, go figure they're, they're, uh, they're crushing it. I think they're just, they're having fun. They're having fun. They're enjoying the season. And uh, especially when we didn't know we would have a season, but uh, kudos to them and, uh, and uh, st- still a long, long way to go in the season. A real good opportunity, as we said this week against Kings, let's switch gears and let's move on to the bowling lanes. And you know, we-, we talked last week, a lot about, you know, this, this upcoming matches for both the boys and the girls we'll start with the boys first against west claremont and everybody's chasing west claremont and they had already beaten you uh, earlier in the season so we're out looking for revenge let's start with the boys because you know they whatever they figured out they figured out in a hurry after seeing west claremont five days before you come back and get revenge on the boys side against west claremont winning it tight one less than 100 pin combined win there but uh i'm looking at some of the numbers I mean, Cooper Cummings goes 450 in his series, 227, 223. Hard to ask for much better consistency there. Connor Cummings, 194, 193. That is that not how you beat good teams, putting out consistent results like that? It sure is. I, I stopped out there for that match, and uh, as I mentioned last week, there was there's a home field advantage there in bowling, and um, yeah. kids even kind of said when I walked in there that you know, they're in our house this time. So it was, it was pretty, it was funny to hear, but um, they said from the lighting to the oil patterns, to the, 
just everything like there, there's something different about bowling at your, your home place, but mm -hmm. sure enough, the boys went out and uh, had over a thousand in that first game, which is over obviously a 200 average per bowler um, and got up. Uh, I think it was like 151 pins after the first, the girls were up 158. Um, and so they kind of knew going into that second one and into the bakers that they just had to not coast, but just don't screw things up. And they had a good lead and sure enough, um, you know, they were both able to do that. So should be an exciting week coming up. Um, they both have more ECC matches. Obviously, the boys need a little bit of help um, having lost a yeah. second ECC match to, to be able to capture a title. The girls have the opportunity to control their own destiny for at least a share. So fun times for them. And I know they're uh, they're excited about the exposure and the, the attention they're getting. Well, with the boys, it's going to kick off with a very tough one uh, against Loveland coming up. You know, your team's sitting at 12 and two. They're right behind you uh, at 11 and three. And of course, uh, you know, you, you have the result early in the season where Loveland beat you another mm -hmm. tight match. But that was your other loss there. Um, you know, is, is there is there going through this uh, coming riding high off the West Claremont win, you know, as they should had a few days now over the weekend to kind of get regathered up again. How are they going about getting themselves geared up again for another revenge game here and one that if they want a shot at the league title, you have to, you have to win. Well, I think they're glad they're at home again, Jason. So uh, that's a big help. So I think they, they kind of take that as uh, you know, we're uh, we've been bowling well and we're at home. So I don't think um, there's an underdog mentality there at all. I, I'd certainly think that, Whole revenge factor may come into play. So hopefully they're on their A game today and everyone's uh, here and in school and ready to go and um, give it their best shot. You alluded to it a moment ago on the girls' side, and let's move over there because th this was just as big as the boys, you know, leading into this one. You, you know, West Claremont was unbeaten. You, you only had one loss on the season. It was to West Claremont. And I, I don't know what the coaching staff said to your team, and I'll get your thoughts on here. And I know a big part of it was – West Claremont coming to your house, but this was an absolute beatdown. Your team beats West Claremont by 400 combined pins. You look at the individual and the in the team games, in team individuals. You win there by 255. The Baker you win by 145. Any way you 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 slice it, this was absolute destruction uh, for your team. How thrilled was the staff to see the girls come out and not only win. But do it in the fashion they did, given the fact they just lost to West Claremont five days earlier. Yeah, they were really excited. It was fun watching them. Um, and like I said, they're playing, they're they're bowling their best right now, which is what you want as a coach. And um, so they're looking forward to see what what else they can do. As I mentioned, just uh, finishing doing, you know, taking care of business, finishing out the ECC, and then moving into the postseason. So. Um, they know the season's far from over if if uh, if they're bowling well, so they they remain focused. And uh, one one young lady I want to give a special mention to Cassandra Ingham going for a season high two twenty five uh, in her second game. Melissa right. Gallier was two hundred one in her second game as well. So it's more help coming behind Hannah Rerick, which is what you want with the postseason looming there for sure. As we're winding on here the show today, let's also talk about your competition cheer team because they were at the ECC championships. Uh, over the weekend. Everybody knows how good Milford has been, and uh, they've been the standard bearer in the ECC for a long, long time as far as competition cheer goes. They won the league title again, Milford did, but your team comes in its very first year finishing second uh, in the ECC, and, and combine that with what we talked about last week with the, the grand championship at Cheermax, this is a pretty darn good run for this competition cheer team right now. What's the mood within the program? 
Well, I think they're thrilled with the outcome. I also think that they're like, had we performed our best, like we're not far off from, from being, you know, the cream of the crop and the ones taking home, you know, trophies in first place across the board and different things like that. So yeah. just talking with them, like, yeah, the whole changeover in conference and the new, you know, the newness of, of the different performance and sideline and all these different things. Um, they adapted quickly and now realize like, okay, we, we saw it. We see what the expectations are. This was a new format to a tournament. You had COVID. So things were virtual. So there was kind of this tiptoeing through, you know, your first time doing it. And um, they're like, Whoa, not, not only like, do we belong? Like we can, we can win this thing. So I think they just missed one of their performances by one point um, to Milford um, finished second overall. I mean, they're just, they're elated. I think the coaches are so proud of them. But as I mentioned, they know that they weren't far off. So just, you know, fine tuning some things, getting back to the drawing board, working hard, like all of those things that you hear in team sports that they're uh, they're taking on to try to improve. And it's really cool to see, because as I mentioned, they're they're a great group. They bring so much positive energy and uh, spirit to our community. How much of a building block is that for this program is with the uncertainty, not knowing how they would fit into the ECC? To your point, they finish second and still see what there is room to pr- room to improve going forward. How big of a step can that be for them that they were they're there, but they're just a little bit off right now? I think it's a springboard, you know, and it can it can uh, keep them hungry to to want to get to that next level, knowing they're not far off. And a really great two weeks for them as well. So you, you got a grand championship at Cheermax, second place in ECC behind. You know, the long, the standard bearer in the league as far as cheer goes in Milford. So really good stuff there. Uh, lastly, Keith, before I let you go, we obviously have a, a rather big game, a big a football game. A lot of folks are going to be watching uh, this Sunday with uh, Kansas City and Tampa. You know, Tampa right. home game. Tom Brady trying to fill up all of his fingers with the uh, with rings. There, uh, give us a uh, who, who do you think takes us home, and also what what kind of spread do you plan on having at your house? <laughs> Well, uh, my my two little my two little boys already got their clothes picked out for the game, and uh, one All of right. them, well, they're three and five, and one of them wants the Chiefs, and one of them wants the Buccaneers. But I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I grew up in Western New York, and um, I uh, I cannot I can't turn on the radio right now because I don't like the Tom Brady talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he Are made life miserable. Right my entire tour right entire... now because you have you, you 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 know Buffalo gets the AFC championship they're beaten by Kansas City I know but now you got now you got Tommy Brady on the other side yep. potentially winning are you split well we can't have any more Tom Brady I mean he's made <laughs> he's made life miserable for me for you know close to two decades um and for some reason my three-year-old likes the Buccaneers so he's gonna be rooting for them but no I'd like to see the Chiefs I spent when I was at UC uh Travis Kelsey was there, so I uh, got to know him a little bit and think the world of him. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I, I won't remind you of Tom Brady's record against the against your uh, Buffalo Bills because that yeah. was brought up. That was brought up in the week leading to the hypothetical. So uh, we'll let that one go. So uh, we'll be pulling for the Chiefs. There. Do you have a do you have a pregame spread pull of the of the kids help you pick out what the what the food's going to be like? Well, you, usually what we do is we try to do it themed up with um, with where the teams are from. But last year we okay. did kind of a Kansas City barbecue dip, so we're probably uh, at again or some type of barbecue Kansas City barbecue flavor. So something like that. Always try to make it fun, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you pull from Tampa? Or are you just gonna go like New England clam chowder? We're not touching the New England stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Here, we, we, we don't, we don't have a bone to pick at all uh, uh, yeah, with, with yeah. that, with that team over there, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, a, a really, a really great season for, for your, uh, your Buffalo bills there. And obviously a very, very bright future there. And uh, obviously a, a huge time right now at Lebanon high school with so many teams competing for league titles. I mean, in their first year in the ECC, that's what's all the more incredible about it. Uh, Keith, we certainly appreciate some of your time here today and uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking about it next week and maybe one step closer to uh, those league titles. You got it. Thanks as always a huge couple weeks coming up for the Warriors. So uh, everybody stay tuned, follow us on social and we'll share live links and everything. And uh, we'll enjoy this run. L's up. That is Lebanon Athletic Director Keith Pantling joining us once again for this week in Lebanon Warriors Athletics here on LebanonWarriors.com and ESP Media, powered by Sodarm Sports.